This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's hour three of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. Welcome in. Hope you're having a great day. It is a Eric Chiafalo 29th birthday extravaganza broadcast. Wolchuk is preparing a roast Ochiafalo, which will air at 620. He's uh, been in the production room during all the breaks, gathering the appropriate cuts to, you know, have a little bit of fun uh, with the birthday boy. It's again coming up at 620. Okay, uh, fun win by the Mavs last night. Even though uh, Luka Doncic went out with the injury, they get the dub. And uh, they played well. Bobby Carella, Mavs.com, joining us now here on The Fan to discuss all things Mavs. And a good afternoon once again, sir. How the heck are you? I'm good. I'm good. Happy birthday, Eric. Thank you very much, Bobby. I appreciate that, my friend. Let's get weird this weekend. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey, uh, how's Luca doing? Uh, well, pretty good, according to Woj. You know, I was I was thinking the worst. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm sure everybody was watching him limp off the floor last night. And then mid-morning, Woj comes out and says there's optimism that he's just day-to-day. And to give people kind of an idea of what that could mean, well, the Mavs play tomorrow in Utah, and then they play on Monday against Detroit. And so getting him back for that Utah game would be pretty nice. And on the other side of that Pistons game, it's a whole lot more uh, Western Conference playoff teams on the schedule. So the sooner the better. Tim Hardaway Jr. had a a similar-looking ankle sprain recently and missed five days. And so if Luka can come back, within five days or less, then that would mean pretty good things for the Mavs because you want as many healthy guys, especially him specifically, as possible uh, for these next couple weeks. As long as Luke is out, can we expect to see uh, a buttload more of Jaden Hardy? Maybe. You know, I thought he was going to play a lot more last night. He, he got in the game in the second quarter, played five minutes, and was okay. You know, he shot 0 for 2, but the game was sort of chaotic in that time. Um, it was actually Josh Green that played a lot more minutes, surprisingly. He was up like 32, 33 minutes last night, including playing down the stretch of the games, which is something that a lot of fans have wanted to see Jason Kidd do, you know, give Josh the the leash uh, to, to close out close games. And he did that last night. And without Christian Wood, too, you know, they need more guys. And, and Green closed out that Wizards game as well. Unfortunately, they lost that one. But, you know, last night they were able to pull it out. So, You know, Jaden Hardy, I'm sure, is going to get more minutes at some point here, but Josh is still developing as well, and and he's he's probably going to be profiting the most, uh, uh, you know, as as well as that could even mean, relatively speaking, uh, without Luca. Yeah, Bobby, I'm I'm curious your thoughts on the development of Josh Green because he looks like he's he's really kind of turned into a a valuable piece here with the Mavs. Is he a guy now that it's hey you you need to keep him? even if teams maybe at the trade de- deadline are looking at, all right, there's not a ton of assets that you have. Maybe that's a guy we'd part with to where the Mavs are like, no, he's a part of our future. Uh, we're not going to trade him. 
Yeah, I mean, that's such a tough question because I know a lot of fans want the Mavs to upgrade, right? Like to send Luka help mural and all that stuff. Um, and typically, in order to do that, you got to give up picks and young guys. But how could you watch Josh Green play this season and not want to see him here for a really, really long time? I mean, just every every single one of his intangible traits, you know, the energy, um, this controlled chaos, the athleticism, all of that stuff is super important. And now the tangible stuff, the measurables, you know, the field goal percentage, the assist per game, the three-point shooting – that's all catching up too, you know, and, and this has been a, a pretty slow development. This is his third season and he's just now starting to get, you know, fourth quarter minutes and, and play really solid, consistent rotation minutes uh, for a team that's trying to win. But the wait has been worth it, you know, and, and he's one of those guys kind of the same way as like Dorian Finney Smith, for example, where if you do trade them or if they do leave, I mean, you feel their presence as soon as they're gone, you're reminded of what you don't have. And, you know, playing the last month or so without both of those guys and then watching the Mavs defensive numbers just crater, you know, and their three-point shooting numbers dipped a little bit too. You know, it just reminds you of, of what Green gives this team. And now that he's getting more minutes and his production is going up along with it, I mean, that's the kind of thing that makes me think, like, he, he still has a whole lot more room to grow. Uh, there's a whole other level that he can reach or maybe even multiple levels. And... You know, I'm hoping he's around here long enough for the Mavs to explore that and then that we can all kind of see what he's capable of doing. Bobby, you know, you live with this basketball team, which makes you so valuable to us who follow the team. When you start to hear trade rumors or Dallas has always put this in, in this situation, that situation, do you do you kind of laugh it off or do you say, hmm, that that does make sense if they were to try and do something like that? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think the, the closer you are to it, you know, the the kind of the better understanding you realize of, of like what they have to trade assets, uh, other teams perception of players on this roster, you know, fans might see Dwight Powell who has had two really good games in a row. It's a hell of a rebound he made last night on that missed free throw. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, he's not the perfect center and I'm not going to say he's the perfect center, but you know, I think, as fans, sometimes if you only watch this one team, then you're going to really hyper-focus on all of the players' shortcomings without maybe uh, realizing or maybe you're taking for granted their strengths. And so, you know, like we just said with Josh Green, you don't really realize what you got in Josh Green or Maxi Kleba or Dorian Finney-Smith until they're gone. And you might not know what you're having in Dwight Powell until he's gone too. And so, you know, I think sometimes people can lose sight of that. But at the same time, you know, I feel like I have a really good understanding of, of where this team needs to improve. And I've been beating that drum forever. And I think it's just more versatile um, wings specifically, but more versatile defenders who can shoot the three, you know, that's how the Mavs want to play. They want to have as much uh, of a defensive presence on the floor as possible. They want to give Luca or Spencer Denwitty last night, who did a really good Luca impression as much space as possible on offense to work. Um, you know, this season more than ever though, I think the, the need has really been highlighted. Like they need more guys that can put the ball on the floor and attack the basket. And I don't just mean like breaking down a defense. I mean, you get a kick out pass from Luca or Dinwiddie driving the lane. You're in the corner. You got a guy closing out on you. So you can't get that shot off. Well, what can you do? You can put the ball on the floor and get to the basket. You know, Josh green has been doing that. Dorian Finney Smith has been doing that more, but they need one or two more guys that can do that. And so 
you know, while I do really feel like I have a really, you know, intimate kind of understanding and appreciation for the players that are here, you know, their needs are undeniable. And until I think until they add a little bit more dynamicism to the offense and until they get more of a defensive presence on the perimeter, you know, they're still going to be losing some games that maybe they shouldn't. And hopefully, you know, they can solve those needs because, you know, sooner or later, those losses are going to keep you out of the top six. Bobby, I was uh, I was listening to Chuck and Brad call the game. I was watching my college tape, but I was listening to him. They said something about the Mavs in clutch in clutch time have missed thirty six field goals. Am I is that right or wrong? I, I don't mean to put you on the spot on that, but obviously when they're down to when it comes to shooting free throws, especially at those critical times in the game, it just seems like it's a you know hold on to your rear and hope for the best. Yeah, I mean, you think back to a lot of the games they've lost this season and they've come down to free throws, whether it's in the final couple minutes or, you know, an over 3 trip early in the fourth quarter or an over 2 back in the first. But, you know, recent games, Luka gets fouled against the Wizards the other night with like 30 seconds left or something, yeah. and he missed one. You know, Reggie Bullock missed one last night. Now, fortunately, Dwight Powell just hustled, you know, right. outworked DeAndre Ayton and came sure away did. with that, which was fantastic. But, you know, Bullock also had an 0-2 trip in Denver that would have sealed that game. And because he, he missed the second one, I think, on purpose anyway. But, you know, Denver would have had a shot to win that. You know, Luka's missed some. Tim Hardaway's missed some. Dorian Finney-Smith has missed some. I mean, those will come back to bite you. You know, the basketball gods are merciful. But if you test them too many times, eventually they're going to punish you. And unfortunately for the Mavs, you know, they've just flown a little bit too close to the sun in that regard all season long. And, you know, the the trend still holds when they shoot like below 70 percent, below 65 percent from the free throw line. They're not winning any of those games. You know, you have to take advantage of those opportunities, especially in their case, because they don't take a lot of shots. They play at a very slow pace, but they also do take a lot of free throws. And so, you know, if they have a bad night from the line, they're costing themselves 10 or 15 points. And in such a slow-paced game, you know, those are immensely valuable points to just constantly be giving up because they, they can't knock these shots down. It's Bobby Carella, Mavs.com with you. Is uh, Spencer Dinwiddie making a case that, that the team should just let him go by himself for, for even more extended stretches? Man, he was awesome. He was awesome last night. And his scoring has been pretty good, you know, for the last few weeks now. But Luka goes down three minutes into the game, you know, and there's a difference between – knowing you're playing without Luca, you know, going into the game versus suddenly being thrust into the Luca role. And, and that's what Dinwiddie was kind of thrust into, you know, last season he was awesome after the trade deadline, but he was always playing with either Luca or Jalen Brunson this season. He's playing with Luca a lot of the time, but like for half of his minutes, he's the only guy on the floor, you know, and that's been kind of a weakness of this team, but he still has, you know, done a very admirable job. He's averaging 16, 17 points per game, 40% from three, five assists. You know, he does still have some, you know, frustrating turnovers uh, time and again. But, hey, who doesn't? Uh, a lot is asked of him, you know, and, and he typically does not have somebody on the floor that can help him share the load, especially when he's piloting those second unit minutes. And so, you know, he's risen to the occasion in a big way and obviously – you know, they scored 99 as a team last night. He had 36 of them. They do not win that game if he even has a good game. You know, they needed him to be great. And like we just started talking about free throws, he missed a couple early in the game. 
and he knocked basically all of them down, yeah. you know, from, from the first quarter on. And so, you know, he's been nails in, in crunch time for most of his time with the Mavs. And last night was a continuation of that. And so, you know, I, I, I do think, of course, they need another guy that can make plays, another guy that can run the offense. But Dinwiddie has shown, you know, whether you're bringing him off the bench or whether you're starting him alongside Luka, he can deliver uh, in those situations. Bobby Carrillo, Mavs.com, with us on 105.3 The Fan. Defensively, I, I know injuries have played a role in this, but with largely the same personnel from a group that was so good last year, what have you noticed, because you're so good with the X's and O's, as to why this team has struggled so much on the defensive side of the floor? I think, you know, the last month and a half-ish, playing without Kleba in particular, of course they were missing Green and Finney Smith for a while in there too, but without Maxi, you know, NBA teams are so afraid, and rightfully so, but they are so afraid of giving the other teams layups. Like, you will see teams do like borderline insane things on defense to keep a guy from laying it in, you know, they'll pack the paint. They'll put all five defenders in the paint and just leave everybody open from three. doesn't matter if you shoot 25% or 85% from three, they will leave you open to keep you from taking even a semi-contested layup. And, you know, Maxi has been so good at blocking shots and contesting shots without fouling, just going up vertically. And Christian Wood was making progress in that regard too, but playing without Maxi for the last month or month and a half now and playing without Wood for the last week or two, you know, we're seeing Dallas take even more extreme measures to, to protect the rim. You know, they can't protect the rim with, with height, with size, with length. And so they're just trying to park three or four guys right in front of the lane. Like if you're putting the ball on the floor against the Mavs right now, you are going to see a swarm of players in front of you. And what that's done is, you know, relatively speaking, limit the number of looks at the basket. But that is, relatively speaking, dramatically improved the number of wide-open threes that opponents are getting against Dallas right now. You think back to that Washington game, the Wizards had 17 corner three-point attempts in that game. They made 10 of them, I think, which is a lot. So kudos to them. But, you know, whenever the Mavs defense was, was working at its best, the corner three was the one shot that they never allowed. They never had to because you just had Maxie at the rim or Wood at the rim waiting for the guy going to the basket, and you could erase that layup attempt just one-on-one. Now they cannot do that. So they're having to put two or three small guys at the basket, and then it's just a matter of flying around the perimeter, trying to rotate to close out on all these shooters, and you just simply cannot do that 100 times a game or 120 times a game. And so teams are unfortunately just getting too many open jump shots against them right now. And then the byproduct of living in rotation like they have been is nobody's really in position to box a guy out and get a defensive rebound because they're too busy trying to cover 50 feet to get a hand in a shooter's face, you know? And so there's been a lot of easy second chance points as a result of that. So I think it's like this twofold problem, but it all stems from not having the one guy, the one super tall, super athletic guy that can block shots at the rim. And so they're having to just do more extreme things to keep those layups from happening. Um, and it's, it, you know, you got to give something up on defense. And Mavs are, unfortunately, just giving up too many things right now in pursuit of limiting those, those shots at the rim. When do you expect Kleba back? Well, he said himself before the All-Star break, and, you know, we're kind of running out of time before the All-Star break here. He's got about two, two and a half weeks. So hopefully soon, you know, the sooner the better because their next, like, 10 of their next 11 games are against playoff teams. So, 
you know, Maxie, I don't know what you're doing, man, but let's get you back on the floor ASAP. Hey, Bobby, uh, you know, I was going to ask you, if, if going in the locker room and talking to players and stuff, you know, it looks like with Kid, he's pretty honest about his team and how they play on a nightly basis. Do, do players kind of whisper to you that, like, hey, you know, that's a little rough or, man, he's absolutely right about what he's saying and what we're doing? I think they do realize that he's right. You know, and, and one good thing about J-Kid a big departure from Rick Carlisle and from, you know, Avery Johnson, many of the other coaches of the Mavs fat over the years and around the league is, you know, Jake Kidd is not going to let you know every single time you've made a mistake. You know, he's pretty quiet. He'll let the players talk among themselves. He'll have his assistant coaches, you know, Jared Dudley, Daryl Armstrong. These guys are gregarious, you know, Sean Sweeney. He's not afraid to talk, but you're not going to hear, you're not going to hear from Jake Kidd every time you get yanked from a game, you know, you know that he knows and he knows that you know that you messed up, right? But he, he doesn't got to be on your butt about it, which I think makes the times that he does criticize them. It just, it just makes it mean a little more, you know, because he's not just constantly on their backs the way a guy like Tom Thibodeau is, you know, Tibbs just always looks like he's in distress, mm-hmm. which has got to kind of be draining as a player. Right. But Jake kid, you know, for better or worse, he just always kind of looks chill, always sort of looks zen. And so whenever he does speak up and say, look, if it's with this personnel, I don't know if we can be a good defense, you know, because it seems like these guys are just happy out here scoring 120 and then hoping that the other team misses shots. I think in moments like that, his words carry a lot more weight. And, you know, they might cut a little deeper as a result, but also, you know, it's the first time he said something. You know he has your back. You know he expects better from you. You know he wants better and, you know, hopes for better things from you. And so I think, you know, maybe you're more willing to dig a little deeper the next time out because he said that thing. And to that point, the game after he criticized their defense, they allowed 90 to Miami. And so, you know, clearly there is a pattern over the couple over the couple years he's been here where whenever he has been critical of the team, they've responded pretty quickly. And so I think, you know, I think they do respect him for that. Bobby, uh, trade deadline around the corner now. Is there anything right now that is interesting and and possible to you? Interesting, yes. Possible, I don't know. I mean, if you're looking for a real serious upgrade, I'm just not sure that they have the that they have the ammo. Um, I'm kind of on team. Don't trade your future picks right now. Wait until the summer. Um, but of course, that does kind of preclude you from trading for the really good players available. You yeah. know. Uh, and I know a lot of fans might not want to hear that, but if you think the opposite, that's totally fine too. You know, the best players on the market right now are going to cost you one or two first round picks. And so if you pull that trigger today, you can't make another trade for like seven years. So I'm just a little cautious about doing that right now, but I do think that there are marginal improvements they can make, you know, get one more guard, get one more shooter, get one more big, you might not be able to do all three of those things, but you might be able to do one or two of them. And if you do that, you know, again, with as jam-packed as the West is right now, you don't need to get five or eight wins better. You need to get, like, two wins better. And you could have home court again in the first round. The margins are so thin. So I think if you can make a logical, reasonable improvement, you'd be foolish not to do it. But I'm just, I'm just a little uneasy about giving up those future picks right now. Thanks so much for your time, Bobby. Enjoy the games and have a great weekend. Thank you, guys. You as well. Happy birthday again, Eric. Thanks, brother. Salute. Bobby Bobby Carella, Mavs.com. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.